may be seated. So right now we're in the middle of a sermon series on the vision of Grace Anglican Church. In the past two weeks we've been talking about membership, what it means to belong. And today I want to talk about membership and how it relates to mission. So how membership relates to mission. So I'm standing at the doorstep of this house. This is the first time that I've ever been invited to my in-law's house. I had literally asked my, who is now wife, girlfriend, out that morning. So our relationship was all of like 10 hours old. And so basically I was thrown like right into the fire, right off the bat. And so I'm standing at the doorstep and uh, knock on the door. And uh, my, her dad shows up at the door and says, hey, welcome. Come on in. I had known him a little bit prior to this. And so he welcomes me in and we go into the family room. And you have to understand about Carrie's family. Carrie's family is a crowd. She has six siblings. And so it's a big old group of people. And so I sit down and I start talking with them. And I notice something. I notice that they're talking about things that matter. They're talking about their passions. They're talking about their work. They're talking about what they're learning. And they're talking about God. And God's just interwoven into the conversations. And they ask, they're asking me questions. And they're listening to what I have to say. And so they, they think what I think matters. And, and I was struck by just uh, the fact that this is a place to belong. And then we moved from there into the kitchen. We all got our food. And then we went in to sit down at the table. And I was talking with Carrie's brother. And so I was one of the last ones to go in. And I walk into their uh, dining room. And the candles are lit. The light is low. Everybody's sitting around talking, enjoying one another. And next to Carrie... There's a place for me. And I went down, I sat down, and I, and I thought to myself, just like I felt growing up in my home, this is a place to belong. This is a place where I feel a sense of home. And all of us have had those places in our lives. It could be your grandparents' house and their dinner table. It could be your parents' house and their dinner table, that place that you felt like you belonged. It could be for you when you went on a long trip, or maybe you were deployed in the military and you came home to your house and you set foot in your house again and you ate with your family again and you belonged, you had a place at the table. And so what I want to talk about today is, first off, does this longing, this universal human need that we have to belong, to have a home, does that longing point to a deeper spiritual longing to, believe, to belong to God and his family? Does this universal longing for home somehow point to a deeper longing we have to belong to God and to his family? So turn with me to Ephesians 3. We're going to jump right in at verse 6. So Paul in this passage is talking about the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of Christ. And he seems to be saying that there's something about this mystery that taps into this longing to belong, to have a home. And to give you a little background while you're going to Ephesians 3, verse 6. So if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know that the Jews were in and the Gentiles were kind of out. That the, that the Israelites were the chosen people of God. And the Gentiles were like people that were standing outside of the house in the cold, looking in and seeing the Israelites eating at God's table. 
And they could see that God was good because of how he blessed the Israelites, but they certainly weren't allowed to come in and eat at the table. And then the mystery of Christ, which was hidden in all times past, was revealed. So listen to what this mystery is. Ephesians 3, verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So the mystery was revealed that if you trust in Christ, it doesn't matter if you're an Israelite or if you're a Gentile. And this mystery is still working itself out today. And I want to sum it up like this. The mystery of Christ is that everyone has a place at his table. The mystery of Christ is that everyone has a place at his table. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you've done. It doesn't matter what nation you come from. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of things or a little bit of things. The mystery of Christ is that everyone has a place at his table. So this longing for home does speak to our deepest needs. Our longing to be known, to belong to God and to his family. So if you are in Christ, you are a member a member of his family. So what does this membership have to do with mission? So I'm sitting at this table, um, and I just sat down and enjoying this, you know, wonderful meal. And to my left is Carrie. And of course, I'm on cloud nine because I'm sitting next to her, and I'm just... But to my right is her sister's boyfriend. So there's two boyfriends at the table. So it's, it's you know, it's interesting. But I particularly remember this thinking to myself, what is this guy doing here? What is this joker doing at the table? So while I was feeling this profound sense of belonging, I started immediately thinking, what is he doing with us? You know, this is, this is, you know, this is where I belong. What is he doing here? And this strange paradox plays out, and it's the case for the Christian community as well, that once we belong, once we are in, we kind of become a little bit self-focused and exclusive. We do it without realizing it. I mean, think about it. How much time does your family spend with other Christian families compared to how much time does your family spend with non-Christian families? We don't do it intentionally, but sin's pervasive effect on all community means that we get caught up in our community, our church, our Christian lives. And Paul knows this. He knows that the church is prone to become self-focused. But Paul didn't become self-focused. He spent his whole life in ministry to the Gentiles, to those who were on, on the outside. And he's actually writing this letter to Gentiles, the Ephesians, from prison in Rome. He was in prison because of this mission to the Gentiles. So what does he understand that we don't? Why is he so mission-driven? How did he stay focused on the lost? So go with me to Ephesians 3, verse 1 and 2. And look, let's look at how Paul understands this mystery. He says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Did you notice Paul's understanding of grace there? 
I usually understand that God's grace is something that's given to me. God's gift to me. That He loves me. That He's died for me. But listen to how Paul describes his understanding of God's grace. God's grace that was given to me for you. Paul understands that God's grace is given to us to give to others. So it's this picture of God's God's grace is given to us to give to others. God's grace is given to us to give to the lost. God's grace is given to us to give to those who are outside. God's grace is given to us to give to those who don't have a place at the table. So let's review to make sure that we're tracking with this. So the mystery of Christ is that everyone has a place at God's table. And if this is true, then the mission of Christ is to go and share with others that they have a place at God's table. And so the mystery of membership is connected to the mission. So if this is the mission of Christ, who's called to do it? A couple of years ago, if I had heard a preacher say, you were on a mission to your neighborhood, you were on a mission to the world, you're on the mission to your workplace, I would look at him, and then I would look behind me and say, but I don't, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I, uh, you must be talking about that guy. I'm not a missionary. And so who is it that's been given this mission? Who's a part of it? And I want to look at Mark 2 real quick, and I want us to think about what Jesus said to his first disciples. He said, when Jesus calls his first disciples, he says, follow me. Belong to me. Follow me. And then he says, I will make you become fishers of men. Belong, follow me. Be a member of me. I'll make you fishers of men. You're a member of my mission. So at each of our conversions, there is also a commission, a simultaneous commission, that when we receive Christ, we're also simultaneously sent out into the world to give Christ to others. So if you are a member of Christ, you are on a mission with Christ. So every member, each and every one of you, I could go around and say each of your names, each and every one of you are on mission to your neighborhood, to your workplace, and to the world. But it's a good mission because you get to go and tell people that they have a place at God's table. It's an amazing mission. So we've talked about how we as members of Christ are on a mission with Christ. But how do we practically live that out? And I want to spend the next seven or eight minutes just talking about what that looks like. Because honestly, I've lived in denial of this part of membership for a long time in my faith. I love discipling people. I love teaching, you know, Sunday school. I love, you know, working with people who are already Christians. But when it comes to kind of leaving the table and going out, I'm kind of scared of that. Um, And so if I had heard this sermon three years ago, two years ago, I would have had these three objections to being on a mission with God. First off is I don't have the temperament. Look, I don't have the temperament of an evangelist. Doing things like this makes me uncomfortable. Or I don't have the tools. I don't, I don't know enough to share with other people. Or lastly, I don't have the time. I just, I, I'm so busy already. So I don't have the temperament. 
I don't have the tools and I don't have the time. And so let's talk about, I want to talk to you about how God began to slowly change my heart and answer each of these objections when I brought them to him. So the first objection is this. I don't have the temperament of an evangelist. I feel uncomfortable when I start talking about Jesus around people. Because the truth is that some people do have the gift of evangelism. And for them, this sermon is not a challenge at all. They're thinking, duh, of course every member is on a mission. You didn't know that? But what about those of us who don't have this gift? What do we have to offer non-Christians if we don't have that gift of evangelism? And so recently I was reading an article on Leadership Journal, which is a respected um, Christian journal, and it was talking about how non-Christians came to Christ. So these are people, they interviewed hundreds of people that had no Christian background growing up, and how they came to know Jesus. And some of them, some of the people that came to know Jesus were in their teens, but some of them were in their 80s, and everywhere in between. So it's never too late for somebody to come to know Jesus. And this is what they found. In the vast majority of those interviews, these non-Christians came to know Christ not through a pastor, not through a big evangelism program, but through a friendship. That they met somebody who was a Christian, an ordinary Christian like you or me, and that person came into their life, shared life with them, talked about the things that mattered to them, And over time, share Jesus with them. And so if you don't have the gift of evangelism, that's okay. But you do have the gift of friendship. And that is the most important gift you can have when sharing Christ with others. So pray and ask God to show you who you can share this gift with. Because if you are a member of Christ, you are on a mission with Christ to go and share with others that they have a place at God's table. So my second objection is, I don't have the tools to do it. Okay, so I can be a friends with non-Christians, that's fine. But then they're going to start asking me questions that I do not know the answer to. I don't know if you've ever had that, where you've been talking with a non-Christian, and all of a sudden they throw an objection at you, and you don't know how to answer it, because you've never even thought of the question they're asking. You're like, what the heck? And so, what we're basically saying is this. We're, we're eating at God's table And we're thinking, I need more Jesus before I can go out and share with other people. I need to be fed more before I can start going and feeding other people. And I want to ask you to try something. Leave the table and go into the world. Leave the table. And you might be thinking, why is it somebody standing up front and telling us to leave God's table? But when you do that and enter into the world, you'll find something really surprising. And it's this. That God's already out in the world inviting people to come to His table. If you start sharing your life with somebody else, God's already there working in their life. And so, you're merely leaving God's table and going and joining God in His workplace. That's all that evangelism is is leaving God's table and going and sharing with God in His workplace. And then here's the other counterintuitive thing about the tools, because we're like, yeah, but what do I tell them once I'm out, once I've left the table? 
when you join the mission of Christ, if you leave the table and you start sharing Christ with people, you'll find that when you come back to the table, you will come hungry. You will be hungry for God's word. They will ask you questions that you don't know the answer to, and you will take this book and you will devour it like somebody that's been working in the fields that has come into the table. You'll devour it. And so when we're out sharing the gospel with people, it makes us hungry to come to his table. So leave the table. Go out in the world. Because your faith is like any other job. The best place to learn is on the job site. So if you're a member of Christ, you're on a mission with Christ. So go and share with others that they have a place at God's table. So the third objection. So we've talked about how the temperament, we don't have to be an evangelist. We just need to be a friend. We've talked about tools that if you leave the table, God will make you hungry for the tools that you need. But the third objection is a purely logistical one, which is, I just don't have the time. I don't know. I can probably have you guys raise your hand. Who in here feels busy? Yeah? Yes? I mean, right? Okay, so I don't have the time. And that was me a couple years ago, that my schedule is filled with stuff. Good stuff, but a lot of stuff. And so I want to offer you one simple suggestion, and it's this. Think about tithing some of your spiritual time to sharing with the lost. Tithe 10% of the time that you spend in community, Bible studies, all that kind of stuff to the lost. Give 10%. Because what you'll find when you make that time to go out into the world is that there's lost people everywhere. And your eyes will be open to them. For example, um, Carrie and I have become friends with one of her coworkers, and then they ended up living two houses down from us. And so we've, we say, okay, every couple weeks, we're going to just go out and have dinner with them and get to know them. Or I got to know the person who was cutting my hair at Great Clips. And she works in Riverside, but she lives in Orange Park. And so I was like, hey, you should come to our church. And she's like, yeah, I just, you know, I went through a divorce, and I told my kids after the divorce, we should go back to church. But I haven't been able to find a church. And so I told her, hey, come to our church. Come find a place to belong here. And so that's the reason my hair is so long, because I've been trying to work an appointment and to get together and let her cut my hair so I can have 15 more minutes because there's people that are hungry everywhere. Because if you, are on a, if you are a member of Christ, you're on a mission with Christ. So go and share with others that they have a place at God's table. So where do we start? How do we engage in this mission? And I want to give you one simple challenge. It's going to be challenging, but it's going to be simple. It's going to be measurable. It's this. Pray. And ask God to show you one person or one family that your family can invest in. That they aren't Christians. And then in the next two weeks, invite them out to dinner or invite them to your house for dinner. Show them that they have a place at your table. And see what God does. Come talk to me in two weeks and see what God does in that time. Because if you are a member of Christ... You are on a mission with Christ. So go out and share with others that they have a place at God's table. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you for giving us a place at your table. Lord, and let us never forget that there's people who aren't here as you want to be here. And you've given us a mission to go out and share you with them. We thank you that you that you're already out there working. Let us join you in that work. And let us share with others that they have a place at your table. In Jesus' name, amen.